I, I I've definitely been affected by other films since, and let's talk about those right now. Yeah. Uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, Ethan Cohen, first solo directorial debut adaptation alongside his wife Frances McDormand. Uh, Denzel Washington is in there. So I saw this and I was like, oh whoa, like this is visually striking, like pretty badass. And then you had some FOMO, and was the classic movie. Hayes FOMO. So you're always yeah. Because you, I mean, you're you're finding the time, you're carving out the time. You go see it, I, and I, then you I, text I COVID, me, you know, and I, it helps me. Yeah. You you have really this year particularly have helped me prioritize my watch list based on kind of eh, I saw this, you know, let me check it out, or oh, you gotta see, come on, come on, you gotta go see Macbeth. Like those those help kind of raise my. Priority. Meanwhile, you're like I'm in the theater seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your FOMO justified? Yeah. I, I haven't talked to you since you saw it. I had mixed feelings about Macbeth. Let me start here. Okay. W- are you pro or con Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Um, I'm indifferent. I've seen it once. I rarely think about it. I, uh, my, my mileage on Shakespeare only goes so far. Uh, it's just you. It's really hard to kind of get everything, uh, the constant adaptations, and like at the, almost to this point, it's like, yeah, we get it. Like, how many times do we have to uh, see a, a Mac, another Macbeth? Yeah. I thought the Mike um, Fassbender adaptation was pretty cool. Uh, Fassbender's Macbeth was like pretty badass, and the cinematography in that movie is awesome. So, but I mean, what I just mentioned that that lineup uh, of collaborators on this one, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. For me, the Romeo and Juliet, like it just, I was much like the language and the actual presentation of the material in the Romeo and Juliet. And I know that's that's a very polarizing movie, but I think it just like it jumps into the narrative a lot more in that movie than this one. It's more digestible. It's more digestible. Yeah, I definitely felt so. First of all. Where this movie won, absolutely, I loved, first and foremost, the presentation in the production design of this movie. The noir, almost like German expressionism. It almost felt like, yeah. remember film school, and, and ring the siren for us going film school douche, but uh, the like Metropolis type of a feel. Metropolis, absolutely. Or like Nosferatu. Nosferatu. You know. It's definitely like, like that type of like German early 1920s. Uh, vibe. I thought it played really Fritz well. Fritz Lang, yeah, all over the place in here. When when the English army shows up with the trees and the, and all the the leaves like blow in and like the the symbolism there, mm. it's just like it was really. I, I thought like that the Fritz Lang stuff. I I, I love that you labeled Fritz Lang, but I thought like all of that <laughs> uh, worked really well. So first of all, like I thought like visually engaging. I thought Catherine uh, Hunter, the the woman who played the sisters. The Weird Sisters was the coolest part. So, in the way she was able to contort her body to basically yeah, be a so human freaky. crow, but I just like the the mime work. It was like was it Marcel Marceau or almost like this like the the way and I, and I did so much research on her after the movie because I was like I need to learn more about who, this woman. Yeah, who is this? But she yeah she's basically like she's a, a Julie Taymor kind of like theater darling that does mm-hmm. a lot of mime work. She's basically like this modern mime star. But the, she, yeah. uh, the, the, what she's doing with her body first, but then the voice, just like every, and people, when with 
with Macbeth, people lean into the sisters. Like, it's this, like, really cool kind of uh, element to this this particular type of yeah. uh, a Shakespeare play. So I thought, like, that part, I thought <clears throat> that was almost, like, borderline remarkable. I thought it was just... Yeah. When we... We probably won't think about this movie in a year or two, but we'll remember that performance. Oh, yeah. The, the like, the... The smoker's rasp yeah. that she had. Yeah, the, yeah by the pricking of my thumb. I'm doing it shitty. It's like wicked. we're doing just like generic witch stuff. Like what she's doing is so much cooler. Yeah, she like she went so guttural. Like her, I've never such a deep voice. Yeah, she was doing some really really cool stuff. That was certainly like one of the more memorable aspects. Um, but I don't what, what do you like think the about? actual scene work. Like, you don't get the relationships. Yeah. Like, his relationship with Macduff, like, a lot of the, his relationship with Lady Macbeth, like, it felt like very, like, stilted in individual performances. And they leaned a lot more into the monologues than they did the dialogues between the character. And it felt very much like individual performances. And I don't know whether that was because of COVID shooting and trying to limit the amount of time actors are together. or I, I don't know, like, what the decision-making there was. But the actual, like, the kind of like the stuff that gets you into the story in terms of the relationships, yeah. I didn't feel as much. Um, a lot of like acting in a void, sort of like, well, I'm acting over here. Are you acting over there? Oh, don't worry, I'm acting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Denzel Francis not not doing it for you. I think Denzel was a bit more uh, was more successful than than McDormand's uh, performance. I think the supporting cast was, was solid. I think. There's a lot of good work being done. I kind of like the, the the guy who kind of like switch back switches back and forth. Um, forget that character's name right now, but uh, the one that like hides the the kid. I don't know. I think just this the look of it, the set design, and the weird sisters. Those are the three for me. And Denzel's a, the great, uh, but th- this felt more of like a I'm a great actor because he's done a lot of Shakespeare uh, in on Broadway, so. He's definitely equipped, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if people's desire to see a black and white German expressionistic Shakespeare <laughs> adaptation. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people are firing this up, but I thought it was pretty cool. Joel, um, is it Joel Cohen, right? Not Ethan? Or, uh, Joel. Just, yeah, Joel Cohen. I mean, I, I yeah, that guy's badass, and I, I love the Cohen Brothers films, and I was excited. Does this mean it. that he's the better of the two? He must be right. Yeah, Joel. And then e- is Ethan like the, uh, the just the sidekick? Does is this he... like the Brady versus Belichick who who <laughs> actually is responsible for these great movies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what is Joel the the Brady and 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 Ethan is the Belichick or how do you? Ethan have that? must be the Belichick. Yeah. Um, you heard it here first. Yeah. So we've got our two analogies so far: uh, the Ciroc life, the the bottle service analogy, and now the football analogy. There we go. Just 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 cranking them out.